0: Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh,
1: one more time. Oh, one more time. Oh, oh, one more time.
0: Oh, oh. Man, you either bear down or lay down with prayers in a dub. Man, let's get it. Uh-oh, OG in
1: the building. Thanks for rocking with us, fam. Welcome to the Bears Centrals. On today's show... We recap the Bears' 33-22 defeat against the San Francisco 49ers. A-Dub, what the fuck, bro?
0: Tough, tough loss today, man. Tough one.
1: Another tough day in the office. I just got to say it, A-Dub. We continue to manage to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory with this team. We've seen it last year. They did it again here today. This was a tale of two halves. That first half, It was promising. All of us that took the Bears to cover that plus three-and-a-half point spread, we were looking good there for a little while. And then that second half came, A-Dub. Everything changed in the second half. Audience, we have lost three straight games, down to three and five for the season. And A-Dub, one thing that I wanted to point out to our audience is that all five of our losses this season have been by more than 10 points. I would say this, though. If there's any consolation, and, you know, I'm not really huge on moral victories. But the offense is finally starting to show some signs of life. We're going to get into that in a bit, audience. But that gives me a
0: little room just to kind of feel a little confident going forward, A-Dub. You know what, Perez? I'm glad you feel a little confident going forward. With, I don't, though. Because last year we saw what happened when our offense started to cook. Our defense started to go in a different direction.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, we've been asking for our offense to step up. I've been asking for more balance on offense. So I. Will say that I'm very happy with what I saw today offensively. And if that defense could get back to where it was early in the season combined with what we saw from offense, I think we got a good formula for success. But let's let's jump into our predictions from the preview pod. So for the week eight matchup, Bears versus Niners, I had us win in 19 to 14. AW had them pulling off a tough win 23 to 21. We were both wrong. However, I thought this was a very winnable game. Not sure what happened here, but we're going to give you guys the complete breakdown in a little bit. Recapping our keys to the game. First key, I wanted that balance on offense, and I was saying a second ago to A-Dub, audience, I really thought that we did a better job there with that balance. This is something that I've been asking for ever since Justin Fields has become our QB1, giving this kid a chance, letting him loose a little bit. We saw that. Things were balanced. We're moving in the right direction in that aspect, and especially with the play of Justin Fields today.
0: That's a very good take on it, and we saw, like you said, good balance there, and our boy Justin Fields came through. Yes, sir. My second key audience from the preview pod was keeping
1: Shanahan off rhythm. So if you guys heard, we had Vish on our show. He's a 49ers data guy, and he has a really cool YouTube channel, and he agreed with me. He said, look, he said, Shanahan has shown that propensity that if you get him off rhythm he's going to struggle with play calling. I thought we did a really good job there in that first half of kind of keeping him off rhythm. But that second half, he was dialing it up on us, man.
0: Yeah, man, he was able to make some adjustments and things came through for them. Let's segue over to your keys. So your first
1: one, you wanted the Bears to speed the game up offensively because you said, hey, that keeps Justin Fields and the Bears in a rhythm. Now, the audience, they had a really good time with our DMs with, with Vish telling you like, hey, man, look at the film. But take that part out of the equation, a dub how do you think the offense looked rhythm-wise? Let's take the Justin the Fields part of that out, but how do you think rhythm-wise we look
0: today? Rhythm-wise, we look good. I thought, you know, we had a good balanced attack. Just the field stayed calm. The running backs kept kept doing well. So I thought a good rhythm would play call and everything else.
1: Yeah, I would say I, I would agree with you. I think still think there were some areas that we could do some things differently. Audience, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Your last key was we'll stopping the 49ers run game. And that you mentioned they like to run left and up the middle. We did not do a good job with that. Mitchell did, had his way with us. I don't think it was just limited to the left or the middle. They ran wherever they wanted to in this game. (laughs) These guys, they saw something on film, and they exploited it in this matchup. And I will tell you one thing. Robert Quinn, they made it a point to attack him in this game, in the run game. They sent the tight end over there on him. They sent the fullback on him. And he got that Khalil Mack treatment in the pass rush as well. So... He he learned real quick, man, what it's like to be 52.
0: <laughs> yes, he did, man. All that pressure came his way, man. And um, hey, you see a guy out there who's been doing well this season? You attack him. They came for him.
1: They really did. All right, so and, uh, let me get into some of my key storylines going into this Week 8 matchup. The first one, and we talked about it in our preview pod, the fact that Nagy tested positive for COVID. So going into this matchup, we did not know if he was on coach or not. And it was going to basically be, a down-to-the-wire type of decision. And so we found out Nagy was not going to be there at Soldier Field today. So Chris Tabor was acting head coach. So when I look at this on paper, there's a lot of people that were like, I don't know what to expect in this matchup. I think that Matt Nagy being there is going to be to our advantage. Well, we saw that it was the same result. So with Chris Tabor, even though they lost A-Dub, I thought the team looked a little sharper than they did in previous weeks, but it
0: was still the same result. I can second that, things are starting to go well. We saw some good things. We saw some progress. We also saw some things that need to be worked upon throughout that game. So you're right. Same result, though, which kind of like shows that, hey, Nike still has his hand in part of this game, even though he's not there. That or it's just the simple fact that the matter is is that your roster is what
1: your roster is. Your scheme is what your scheme is. So it doesn't matter that Tabor stepped in because all he's doing is stepping into a system that's already been in place for him. So when I look at it, I thought that the team had a little juice there in that first half. They played, they were running around the field. They were playing with some nice little passion out there. I like seeing that. And I feel like in that second half though, we got punched in the mouth and we never made that adjustment from that.
0: And that's the key factor right there, Fred. What we started to see is us lack of ability to make adjustments. And again, this is one of those games where we didn't do it. No oh, fair point. Now, one of my other storylines, a dub
1: was how the defense was going to overcome Khalil Mack being out. And, And we got our answer really quick in this matchup because (laughs) we got no sacks, no turnovers, and there was just basically no – Jimmy G was able to do whatever he wanted to do in the pocket today. Point blank.
0: That's true. It had me thinking that. How can one man have all that power? I'm talking about Khalil Mack. This defense looked totally different without him. Well, shit, we already
1: know. That's a bad man. That's a bad
0: motherfucking man. Definitely. (laughs) We missed him like
1: crazy today. Now, one thing that I do give credit to San Francisco for doing in this game today was the fact that they realized, OK, 52 is out for Chicago. And as I mentioned earlier, they loaded up on on 94. They made sure that Quinn was not going to be a problem for them. But then also, as I mentioned earlier, when you talked about your key with Mitchell, well, they also attacked uh, Travis Gibson. So they were running the ball. Anywhere they wanted to. They were trying to get outside and they were trying to attack our outside linebackers, and they did that all day long today.
0: Yeah, man. Because I mean, the guy broke away for several 20 plus yard runs. It's like, whoa, can't have that there. But you're right. They run game was excellent without Khalil Mack out there. So, right tackle, that was another position that we talked
1: about last couple of weeks. We had the Lechavius Simmons situation that happened there against the Bucs. He was put into a bad situation. He didn't make the most of his opportunity there. We got some good news this week, though. We found out that Elijah Wilkinson was coming off that COVID list, and then Larry Borum turned to practice and got that start to the A-Dub. So
0: that kind of solved one of those problems. How do you think Larry performed the right tackle today? I don't think Larry performed bad, man. I thought he held his own. You know, uh, he showed that he was still, he was ready to play this game here. So salute to him.
1: His name wasn't called in the broadcast, and, and I thought that for the most part, he looked solid. Now, Justin Fields, did get some pressure in this game. And so when I look at that, I think the offensive line as a whole has some things that they need to to show up. But I thought Larry Borm, I thought he was decent today. Me too. I thought he held his own. So, audience, when we think about this matchup today, there was a lot of different things that we were all wondering. Obviously, I mentioned the balance, which I thought we did a really good job at. But then the other part, we saw how often Justin Fields got hit last week. And the biggest question was, are they going to be able to protect Justin Fields in this matchup? And we did, we got our answer because he got sacked a number of times in this game today, A-Dub. He had a lot of pressure, and the kid was running for his life as he's been doing all season.
0: Yeah, he was, man. He, he did get hit sometimes. And um, the good thing about this time was that somehow he still stayed in rhythm. He didn't let that distract him really for, for the end goal. So he still played well throughout all that.
1: Yeah, and, and this is thing, too, that we talked about briefly on the preview pod especially when um, Vish was mentioning the 49ers pass rush. Now, they came into this matchup with low pass rush numbers. However, if you look at the tape, audience, you don't have to take my word for it. You fire up the tape. You'll see that the 49ers scheme pressure, and that is what they did today. And when Bosa got lined up on Alex Barr's one-on-one and Bosa just destroyed him in that matchup, that's what they do. They got some really good pass rushers, and they did it today without D Ford, who was out. He was inactive today, a dub but I'm telling you, that 49ers pass rush, that's why sometimes you got to go beyond the stats and the numbers because they are right. a decent little pass rush unit there.
0: Yeah, exactly. They are decent press. You can see they were getting pressure there on Justin Fields. And I just really wish their offensive line
1: schemed a little bit better to make sure that we were protecting this kid because getting him getting sacked four times a day, now he's been sacked 30 times on the season. Now, audience, I want you guys also to keep in mind, Justin Fields didn't even play week one or the first half of week two. That's a lot of sacks for one guy. That's a lot of hits. And we got to make sure that we are keeping this kid upright as much as possible. Absolutely. Because those hits add up over time. They really do. Our week eight breakdown. So audience, we like to keep you guys abreast of what's going on in NFC North. So Thursday night, you guys know that the Packers and the Cardinals played. That was an awesome game. Aaron Rodgers had another meme. I saw you guys having fun with him. That was dope. <laughs> <laughs> but the Packers they pulled off a win over the Cardinals. They moved to 7 and 1. They're cruising right now. And that's Arizona Cardinals team. They've been rolling. So when I looked at that, I said, that might be a potential, that might be a potential NFC Championship game matchup that we saw right there on Thursday night. That is possible. So then we got the Lions and the Eagles. Now in this ball game, the Lions fall to 0 8. Lions were just blown out. Not even gonna say nothing about them. <laughs> it is what it is. And <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm glad you're not going to say anything, friends, because Detroit looking for you.
1: <laughs> I ain't worried about them. I'm too too busy worried about my team right now being three and five. So I'm, I'm just gonna leave it there when it comes to the Lions. All uh, right, cool. The last game we got the Minnesota Vikings versus the Dallas Cowboys. Audience, as of this recording, that game is on right now. Last time I checked on my TV in here. It looked like the Vikings were up 7-0, so we'll keep you guys posted on that as we continue the podcast. We're going to get into some of the notable inactives before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. So, audience, as we talked about earlier, Khalil Mack being out, big blow to this team. He was inactive. Caleb Johnson was inactive. Artie Burns was inactive. Rashad Perryman, I don't even know why they brought him here. He's inactive once again. And then also Nick Foles, who I hope gets moved by the trade deadline. He was also an actor. But with the situation with Kahlil it just goes to show you how valuable and and important he is to this defense. Now, he hasn't missed a game since 2018. And I remember when he missed a couple games in 2018, he had an ankle injury A-dub. So they gave him a couple games leading up to a bye week to kind of get him rested for the the back half of that season. And I feel like they might be trying to do that again now this year with, with him as well trying to give him some time basically around that bye week to to you to know to get him back out there healthy. But tough loss for us for our defense because he's very important in what we do.
0: Yeah, he's very important. And you can see they've been having some small and naggy injuries um, early on You know, throughout the season pretty much. And he has played right through all that. Without him, it hurts, right, badly. But, you know, the guy's banged up a little bit. Let's get into it.
1: Today's game, when I was watching this thing, a there was a lot of pivotal moments. But I knew the Bears were in trouble today. When Ryan Nall entered the game at running back, when Cleo Herbert <laughs> got hurt and I saw Ryan All going in and running back, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I don't ever want to see this guy in there running back. And we promptly punted two plays later. Now, audience, I'm just, I'm kidding. That was a shot that I was taking on my boy Big Dave. I thought that we were in trouble when Debo Samuel ro- rolled off that 82-yard reception. I mean, a in that moment of the game, when Debo Samuel caught that screen pass, they were third at 19. We had him back up. And all Jimmy Garoppolo was doing in that moment was doing a check down. And fucking Debo Samuel, man, he turned that thing into a massive gain, turned that shit up the field. And that Soldier Field crowd went from being hyped and jacked up to that shit took all the air out of that fucking stadium, dude. And I want to say this. It was great hustle by DeAndre Houston Carson on that play to keep Debo Samuel for scoring on that play. But they ended up scoring anyway. But that play for me, A-Dub, was when I knew we were in trouble.
0: That play in itself, man, that was seeing that play, man, I said, wow. Like you said, third and 19 turns to that big yardage like that, that hurt really badly. But for me, I thought when Santos missed that kick, I said, wow, that is unusual. Now we're down, even though we scored a touchdown, but we're down one point, but they also still feel comfortable with what they've been doing. So I thought at that point when Santos missed that, extra point. I said, damn, he don't miss anything this year. He hasn't missed anything in a long time. So seeing that, that really hurt. Yeah, I mean, that was a key part in the
1: game because at that point, it would have tied the game up 23-23. I will say it wasn't a clean snap. I thought Pat O'Donnell did a decent job of trying to get it down there. Yeah, It just looked like the timing was off on that for Santos. Also, now I don't really listen to a lot of the uh, broadcasts because generally I'm at the game. So listening to that was painful. Listening to them hyping it up how he doesn't miss and this and that. Because I always feel like that shit jinxes people. I know yeah. that sounds superstitious, but they sit that then he misses the extra point.
0: Always happens that way, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> I didn't like it more for damn. I was like, fuck that announcer. Don't do that
0: shit. <laughs> Don't do it at all, man. Jinx my man. And that's one thing I always worry with Santos in general. When they always see him kick, is always that whole stamina. Hey, he haven't missed in so long. And then, you know, you kind of wonder when it's going to eventually happen. And unfortunately, it happened at the wrong time.
1: No, it's, it's a fair point. One thing that we haven't talked about so far, A-Dub, was that early in the game, Eddie Jackson injured his hamstring, did not come back in the ball game. And then what I saw in that play, though, was Eddie Jackson was in the slot, covering the receiver, had great coverage on the play, right. pulled up lame, and when you saw him grabbing at the back of that leg, you knew, okay, he's not going to probably finish this game. He went down to the ground. That was it. So that's something that we need to keep our eyes out on because that could be a situation where he could miss some time, you know, because we don't know the severity of that hamstring injury.
0: Yeah, some of those hamstrings, you know, press can last a few weeks and then if it continues, right, it can become one of those nagging injuries throughout the season. So hope it's not that severe, man. I'm hoping for him, hoping everything goes well for him as well. Soft tissue injuries,
1: they're tricky. Even sometimes when someone thinks that they're back and ready for him, it's really easy to re-aggravate or make them worse. So something definitely will keep you guys on the exactly. lookout for going forward. As I had mentioned earlier in the show, I was very happy with what I saw from the offense because in this ball game, the defense they let us down. The offense was a bright spot for me, especially the play of Justin Fields. To me, A dub, this was the best game of his young career. Today was just an example of why this kid is going to be a special player in this league and why last week a dub, I was telling the fan base to relax, be patient, Let's hold off on saying that this kid's not ready, that he's a bust, this and that. We got to give this kid a chance to cook. And I think that today was an example of how special this kid is. That fucking touchdown run that he had, he turned a sack, A-Dub, into an exciting highlight reel play. That shit was amazing. Amazing.
0: Look, luck. He had nowhere to go when he was rolling right. And then he had made some decisions. <laughs> I got to go left, man. And he made that into a touchdown. I was like, wow, this kid with his legs is just awesome. Yeah,
1: but I guess more importantly, though, just when it comes to Justin Fields is not just his ability as a runner, but the fact that I thought today he showed a lot of poise out there, he was patient, and he was accurate with his throws. And a a lot of what I saw in this game today is the Justin Fields that I saw from college, and that's the reason why most of this fan base was fired up that Ryan Pace traded up to get him. So I'm telling you, Justin Fields today impressed me. And not just with his running ability, but I thought he was very right. solid throwing the football today.
0: Yes. And I agree with you, Perez. You talked about him throwing the football. He made some very good decisions. He actually made some very good, quick decisions at that, right? He didn't hold the ball too long. It's like, hey, if it wasn't there, he'll run. If it's there, he'll throw it. So I got to give him a lot of credit with his timing. Now, let's talk about this offensive game plan. I wanted more balance heading into this matchup. What did you like about the game plan today, man? Well, I liked about the game plan, Perez. You're right. You talked about balance. We still start off running the football. We're going to let you know, uh, Herbert do his thing, Williams do their thing, and then also it's going to mix it up with make, let Justin Fields pass the football. But one thing I liked about the whole game plan, part of it really, was that they actually played to Justin Fields' strength. They didn't make yep. him do anything outside the box. No, I mean, that's a fair point. Now, we did
1: see that Williams left the game with a knee injury, but he got the start. And I was looking at Herbert there on the sideline. I'm like, man, why did Herbert get the start? So that was something that was kind of curious to me. But however, yeah. <laughs> Williams went down. I don't know the severity of that injury, but I have a feeling that Herbert's probably going to get the start there Monday night against Pittsburgh. But I agree with the points that you're making. That offense is starting to come alive a little bit. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do... You win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. As I mentioned, the passing game. Last week, everybody talked about how Justin Fields turned the ball over so much against Tampa. And I was even critical and said, hey, he's got to protect the football. Got to stop him with those fumbles. But I thought he bounced back very strong. Got a good rhythm to the point that you made one of your keys. I thought he had a really strong rhythm. And... I liked how Bill Lazor used him on the center in play action. That part was really cool for me. And the play calling. I thought the play calling was pretty clean. They looked really good. And, and I'm telling you, in comparison to weeks before, where this offense had no flow to it, no rhythm, no rhyme or reason, we had a better result there, I thought, in that passing game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they knew when to you know uh, put in you call maximum protection with having the tight ends also block as well. I thought they did a good job with that. I saw Cole commit getting involved with some great blocks.
1: And I saw that too, but I also think one of the things that they've had to do a little bit more of, and I brought this up on a previous recap episode that we did. When you see Alex Barrs coming in as a six office of lineman, they're really loading up to make sure that they're max protecting, but they're also doing that to have an extra body there in their running game. And that's one of the things that the reason why, they're moving the ball so well in the running game is because they have that extra body out there as a like kind of like a glorified tight end. But also, right? You brought up Cole Commit. I thought Cole Commit. There was a number of plays that I was impressed by him because he would get a nice little jam or hit Bosa or get him knocked off his square. But then Cole Commit would then go out and, and get his route run and then catch the ball. So I thought he really was impressive. Not only with the, in his blocking aspect, but also with knocking Nick Bosa off of his rhythm and timing in the pass rush as well.
0: He played a big part in that aspect of the game. And like you were saying, he's playing dual roles. You like to see that Cole commit. Now, rushing attack-wise. Now, you talked about this. We've talked
1: about this a ton on the show. This identity of this football team has been around the running game. And as of late, it's been Khalil Herbert. Now, think about this, A-Dub. We've used three different running backs, along with Justin Fields, this season. And the results have been amazing. In this game today, Justin Fields had a career game rushing the ball. Khalil Herbert was still a great compliment, you know? And that's what we've seen. We've seen that this running game has been very strong and very solid. And this gives me a lot of confidence. So that's why I earlier I pushed back on you a little bit because I'm like, hey, man, we got to be positive about what we're seeing because it's been so bad on offense. I mean, and even still, there's still some things that we can improve upon because one of the things that I yeah. didn't like with the game plan, A-Dub was our red zone efficiency. We settled for too many fucking field goals. That, to me, was one of the reasons why we didn't get this game today. Because when you get those type of opportunities in the red zone, you got to punch that shit in. And I didn't like some of the play calls that they made down there in the red zone. I didn't like some of the formations. you got to make sure that when you're scheming these plays up, that you give the defense a look where they have to be worried about other things. And a lot of times, too, their are formations on those plays when they have guys
0: running routes all in the same area of the field. Well, where's he going to go with the football? So some of those things trouble me. No, that's a good point, man. We got to be better in the red zone for sure. And you're right. It gets so crowded there that you can't really make an accurate throw. So you're putting Justin Fields in a really tough position when you're doing that. Because we were up, and we could have put that team away.
1: Honestly, if we could have converted and made some of those field goals into touchdowns, we'd be talking about a different game right now. And outside of that Debo Samuel play, which I thought was the backbreaker, I think also converting on some of those field goals and making those touchdowns, I think we'd be 4-4 four and four right now. But that's just my humble opinion.
0: <laughs> we definitely can say that by looking at this game. how we turned those field goals to touchdowns? Absolutely. I'm with you there. So we got to be back in the red zone, man. You had a good point. That's something we can work on. What else did you see there on what the offensive game plan that you thought we could have done better today? I thought that part, you're right, the red zone piece was uh, critical. I did think that on some of the plays, you know, even when we didn't have Herbert out there, I thought the play calling to me when all was out there was just very questionable. I said, look, now you're putting everything on the shoulders of Justin Fields, and there's no one to help him out. So I thought the play calling there could have been a whole lot better. Well, I will say this, though. The one play where they did that misdirection fake to Ryan All and when
1: Justin Fields got up the field up the left side of the field for that big game, I thought that was a good play call, but it was surprising. Yeah. It was surprising to me that <laughs> the defense focused on Ryan all so much. they like really built that play. <laughs> like, do y'all realize who yes, has the football right now? Who <laughs> you think it has right. the football? Like, what are you doing? Now, Justin Fields, right, dude, right. he even he, he they that play was so good that it fooled the cameras because they all thought that Nall had the ball, and here's Justin Fields running up the sideline. So I don't So, <laughs> so, so to that point. I thought that was a good play call because it fooled the shit out of the fucking defense for the Niners. <laughs> it fooled the cameras. It fooled everybody. But I just was curious why they bit so hard on that Ryan Nall play. That was kind of weird to me.
0: I'm like, you 49ers, are you all thinking about this play? Ryan Nall and Justin Fields? What are you going to go after? <laughs> and you're right. They all went after Ryan Nall. I'm like, wow. They must thought it was Nagy out there calling some kind of gadget play or something. I don't know. Some trick play. that how they got beat on that.
1: Yeah, but I would say, though, that was something on that possession when Khalil Herber went down. I thought, okay, well, they have no choice but to go to Ryan All, And I thought it was a decent drive. They ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. And Big Dave had, he had to let me know via text that, man, as soon as Ryan All comes into the game, good things happen. And I'm like, well, have, I figured that. <laughs> I was like, well, not on that first drive he got in there, man. But I was like, but you might have a right. slight point on the second.
0: You might have a slight point. He got a point in that second. He's right. That first drive, you're right. That's the one I was most critical on. But you're right. That second one, it did turn into some good stuff. So I can't, I can't hate on that part of it. That was just a good drive there that we put together. Earlier, you talked about the defense. So let's just get into it. Let's
1: just rip the band aid off. What didn't you like about the game plan today? And why do you think things went as
0: poorly as they did? What I didn't like about the game plan, we looked like we were trying to do really we Look, we we're trying to get some pressure on Jimmy to make him throw quicker, of course, you know, and, and speed the pace. And what it turned out to be was that, you know, they started making these slant passes that they kept executing on. So I thought, really, we started allowing too much of that to happen to where they started now, making big runs. And then they started making big plays. So for me, I thought our defense gave up too many big pass plays to these guys. That's what I didn't like about it. The
1: defense has been concerning as of late, the last couple of weeks. Now, last week, I gave a defensive pass, A-Dub, because I thought our offense put them in not-so-great predicaments. But today's game... I think it's unacceptable that we struggled against the 49ers. This offense came in the last four weeks of the season. They've been awful on offense. They came in here today. They almost put up 500 yards of offense against us. And to the point that you made, the big plays, that's one part of it. But I felt like on defense, what I didn't like is the fact that I felt like our guys were out of place a lot, especially on those big plays that play to Samuel that big run. Yes. It was just a lot of different things like that. So those multiple big runs, we just were in the right place. And then I'm like, where's the tackling that on, on Mitchell in that fourth quarter run, where it looked like those guys were playing flag
0: football out there. I'm like, what are we doing? Hit the guy. Bring him down to the ground. So those right. missed tackles, that was concerning. Absolutely concerning missed tackles. And then on one drive, uh, Perez, you saw when they, um, I think, got a touchdown. It's like the whole... Offensive line just pushed our defense back, man. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo getting involved and pushing the pile to score that touchdown. like, man, where's our defense? Where's our effort as a unit to stop that?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I'm wondering because that right there, that's old school football, man. When you start pushing the pile, that's how we played in high school and college. Dude, that is old school football. And that was smash my football on that play. And we got punched in the fucking mouth. Now, I would say this though. I give them a little bit of courtesy or give them a little bit of bail from that first half of the game. But that second half of the game, A-Dub, uh-uh. They gave up four consecutive score drives, three touchdowns and a field goal. They answered every time our offense scored. The Niners just came back down and scored with ease. Jimmy Garoppolo had those two touchdown runs, and he, he was feeling himself there on that last one. I'm like, man, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Coming in here throwing yeah, he the ball was. like that.
0: And the thing is, he was in great rhythm, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they had some unfortunate drop passes early on, but he was in good rhythm. I'm like, Jimmy Garoppolo out there, like, liking, like you know, he's just on his own island right now. So I don't like how we played and let this guy just get loose like that. And then you actually add that along with the running game for us, that's just too much we're giving up, right? You give him up big passes and you give him that big run plays, you can't win a ball game like that, really, man. It makes it very difficult and tough. You bring up a good point. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a good rhythm, why? No pass rush. He didn't get sacked.
1: He didn't have a lot of pressure. He had a lot of time back there. So one of the other areas that I was really upset about in this game was, where were the stunts? Where were the blitzes? I know coming into this matchup, everybody talks about the number of sacks that we've been able to get from our front four. But Khalil Mack was out today. I would have loved to see Desai send Roquan on the blitz. I would have loved to see him scheme some different blitzes so that Garoppolo would have gotten some different looks or even just had to threat. That a blitz could come and maybe you right. pull back on the blitz at the last second. But I thought that he was just too comfortable in that pocket. And I'm just going to say it. This was uh Desai's worst performance of defensive coordinator uh so far on the season. I just got to call him out.
0: Chris, that's the same thing I thought, bro. I'm like, man, just seeing how this whole game is going. It's like checkmate on our defense on every possession pretty much late. I mean, they scored on seven straight possessions, Chris. Seven straight possessions mm-hmm. they scored on. Hey, look, let me tell you something. I don't think somebody did that to us. <laughs> you know, well, so no, that it was, was kind of tough was, to see. It was it was damn close, but I don't think so either. <laughs> right, so it was kind of hard watching that, man. I understand some of those scoring drives were uh, field goals, but still, those guys started to get touchdowns after that. So that, that that made it tougher for our defense and tougher for the team as well. Did they even punt today, those 49ers? I think it came early on in the game, maybe in the first quarter. Okay, but I, was, that, I, I don't one. even remember. I don't even remember that. I'm, that's why I'm just thinking about with our defense. I'm like, damn, did they punt the ball? It might have <laughs> only just been one. Right, exactly. Probably only been one time. And about today, it was a wrap. They just kept going down, man. Where they got a field goal, or touchdown, and it just it, it is just tough to see a defense like ours without Khalil Mack not able to stand our own ground. I'm like, do we miss Khalil Mack that badly? That's what concerns me.
1: Well, of course. I mean, that's your. That's the guy. I mean, you got to think about it, man. These teams in the league, when the Bears are on their schedule, there's one guy on that defense that they're folks worried about, and that's 52, right? They may also look at Hakeem Hicks as well in the middle, but 52 is the one that they're like, hey, we got a game plan to stop this guy. We're going to have to double team right. him, triple team him, get a, a nice little uh, chip in on him, whatever we can do to kind of neutralize him. So, yeah, we were missing him, and that's why that was one of my key storylines, A-Dub, is because I knew – According to this matchup, man, we will have to manufacture pass rush from somewhere else, and we didn't do it.
0: Right, the fact that we couldn't manufacture any other pressure anywhere else. I saw you know Quinn try to do his thing a little bit, but it seemed like he was the only one. I thought maybe I saw Hicks do more, friends. You know, maybe Eddie Goldman do more. But I'm like, man, these guys did not make that big of an impact.
1: And that's why I'm pointing the finger at the science, saying that that should have been his job to done something on that line, where there was stunts, whether it was sending blitzes. So you got to do something different Correct. there, coach, to to kind of clear that up. Hey, Dope. Absolutely. Let's give out some game balls. Let's uh let's get some positive vibes going around here. So yes, on sir. Office, who's getting your game ball?
0: It's pretty easy for me on this one. Justin Fields. You are probably, probably gonna agree with that as well. The kid, the kid showed up. Actually, I thought he. Went to the next step in his progression there. You know, the fact that again, we talked about this already, making good throws, making accurate throws, for us, getting rid of the ball quicker, making good decisions, knowing when to run with the football, knowing when not to run, knowing to stay in the pocket. So he had that awareness a lot more this week than he had last week. So we started to see this kid continue to get better and better. As a matter of fact, we saw him very confident when he's running football, when he's running and picking up good yards. You see the confidence building in him, like, yeah, I'm the guy. I I can handle this, I can hold my own ground.
1: Yeah, and listen. That's a great game bar recipient because, as as I said earlier, that was his best performance, I think, as a a Bear. And that came after what many would say his worst performance was against the Bucs. That shows you that this kid was able to put that in the rearview mirror, just like he did against the Browns. After that Browns game, he came back the next week and he did his thing. So this is one thing you have to realize about Justin Fields. He's resilient and he's unflappable. The kid stays confident. And one of the things that I really liked about him today and why I think that that was a great uh, game ball recipient, he was getting pressure, but he was escaping sacks. He was smart with the football, bro. And like I said, man, confidence. That takes you a long place in his league. And you saw him when he was getting out and making those plays with his legs. You saw, like, okay, man, now he was like, okay, now I'm getting into the flow of this thing. Let's go, let's go. Right. (laughs) He was feeling himself. And I'm like, that's why I was saying in earlier episodes let this kid get out there, and run around a little bit. Let him, let him move in the pocket. Stop trying to force him to be something that he's not. He's not a game manager. This kid is dynamic. Let him play ball. Exactly.
0: And I thought that we turned him loose today, and that's what was really exciting. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he delivered. We turned him loose, so I can't say anything bad about Justin Fields today, man. I like what I was seeing. I like the fact that, again that he started to show us that hey, what he really can do. He rushed for over a hundred
1: yards, and that's included that touchdown run. That I'm telling you. I can't wait to watch the film of that touchdown score this week. That play right there, man, I was uh, (laughs) at this bar in Champagne earlier, A-Dub, and the whole entire bar, just like, we couldn't believe what we saw. We were like, is this kid fucking serious? Like, that play Right. right there is like, that's the thing that gives you so much hope with this kid is so much hope for this organization. When you got a kid like that that can make a play like that, that's making chicken salad out of chicken
0: shit, basically, is what he did on that play. Exactly, and this is no offense to any other quarterbacks we had, and dog, anyone, that is something that those other guys can't do. They cannot do that, friends. No. That's only Justin Fields got that in his DNA, man. And the way he did that, I thought that was great. And then also, you look at the fact that he made that good pass to Jesse James for a touchdown, it's like, man, look how he threw that pass. You see his body, how it was, was turned in the sideways. I say, man, this kid is gifted, very gifted, man. And um, uh, that's a guy you can pull for you can root for, man. To lead this franchise. So if he continues to grow, I mean, sky's the limit. And I think that's a hell of a call up, dub because that's something that we
1: talked about during preseason the fact that Jesse James and Justin had chemistry. They obviously had a connection. We started to see a little bit of that last week. And I was glad to see that Jesse James got a little bit more playing time today. Now, I hope even when Jimmy Graham comes back from being off of the COVID list, I hope that Jesse James continues to get playing time because it's obvious that he and Justin have a good connection there. And on that play, audience, that's true. I want you guys to think about what we all saw there. Justin Fields rolled out to his left. The play was on his left. He threw the pass across his body, and he threw it to a spot where only Jesse James could get to it. It was a great play, because if you saw the defender, arm was right there. Yep. And Justin was able to get that thing in there. But that is a special throw. That is the type of throw that's a franchise quarterback, man. That's, that is why I am so excited about this kid, because of plays like that. Great call out, A-Dub, because that was a, a money throw right there. Absolutely. Yes, sir. But I just have to say it. First Bears QB to rush for 100 yards since 1973. Audience, keep that in mind. That is incredible. He Ooh-wee. went over 100 yards in this ballgame. And guess what, Perez? We know who will do that again. Oh, yeah, he, 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 got, he got a lot more. It's going to be so many more things <laughs> that this kid's going to do in his Bears career. <laughs> Audience, just, just buckle up. You know what I mean? We, we haven't even seen the best. The best is yet to come. You know what I mean? Like, this kid, exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. man, he didn't even scratched the surface yet, man. We are so Woo. fortunate. We are so fortunate. Yeah, we just
0: are. enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Let's not nitpick. Let's just enjoy it. I am just enjoying the ride. Just seeing the guy grow and develop. That's the most important thing I like about this whole ordeal we're watching right now, just seeing this kid grow. Yeah, and this is my thing.
1: I came into this season and I said, look, if we win nine games this year, we'll be fortunate. But what I consider to be successful for this season, A-Dub, is if Justin Fields shows us all of the things that we thought to be true about him. Mm -hmm. And this season, to me, really is going to come down to him developing. I think that's what this whole season is going to be about. We're not a good football team. I mean, that was pretty evident with what we saw today. But if number one can continue to keep doing what he did today, I'll be okay with some of his losses. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to be all patient if we keep losing games like we lost today. But I think this season, though, is all about Justin Fields and his development. Just I keep saying that this because for me, that's just what I see. So I give my game ball to Cleo Herbert. And I agree with yours, but I just wanted to give a ball out to somebody different. But in this matchup, man, Khalil Herbert and continues in these first half of these games to get tough yards, to run the ball well, and to just continue. Like he finds that crease and he just keeps going. He breaks tackles. He's elusive. Man, this kid, I'm telling you, that running style, I love it. And we all saw when he got injured, the offense immediately stalled without him. They punted <laughs> two plays later right. after he got hurt. You <laughs> yeah. know? So it shows you that this team needs him to be successful in the running game, especially while David Montgomery is out. And I continue to say this. When David Montgomery gets back, this is going to be an incredible one-two punch. Now, there was people that were sitting here asking me, oh, should we trade David Montgomery now that we got Khalil Herbert? And I'm like, what is wrong with people? You guys don't realize that we can have two good, solid running backs. This is the NFL. Exactly. You you keep these guys fresh. You keep these guys healthy. Like I said on the pod last week, David Montgomery's running style It's very physical, violent running style. So having a guy like Khalil Herbert that can spell him, that keeps David Montgomery from getting hurt. So from my standpoint here, let's enjoy having somebody here as a number two back when David Montgomery comes back that can put up numbers like he's been putting up.
0: Let's enjoy it. It's good to have two good running backs on your team. You need that. It's a long haul. These 17 games are long. And you never know when someone get hurt or need time off due to various reasons. So they're going to need two good backs. And I think having both of these backs here, love seeing them play together. But definitely, you know, one of them go down, you got to know you got another workhorse that can play. So I'm happy for um, Herbert. You're right, Fres. He broke a lot of titles today and showed us that he can take the load again. Again. And this is the thing. We talked
1: about this during the summer, the fact that he was going to be a high-potential rookie. Well, shit, he said, fuck that being potential. I'm going to keep hurt of his offense. <laughs> This is all about making the most of your opportunities, and that's what we're seeing from this kid. That's what you have to do in the NFL. When the opportunity comes, you don't know the next time that shit's going to come. You got to get that shit
0: done, and he's doing that. He is taking full advantage of his opportunities. That's why I call delivering on it. So salute to him, friends. Herbert. Man, I see why you picked him, and, man, he has been doing a great job for us since showing the load. All right, A-Dub, on defense, who's getting your game ball? My game ball on defense, I gave it to Quinn. I thought Quinn did try to get in there fresh, I thought they loaded up on him as well. And I said, you know what, the guy could do so much. So I gave it to him because I said, you know what, he's the one I think is you can see this really bringing the effort, trying to put the pressure out there. But guess what, Jimmy Grapple and those guys just done a good job at trying to stay the hell away from him. So I got to give it to Quinn, though, but he tried. Okay, all right,
1: you give him the effort, game ball. I, I see I gave, mine to, I gave mine to Hakeem Hicks. Now, earlier you heard me give my shout-out to DeAndre Houston Carson for that hustle play that he made on the Samuel run. Yes. Love that. He led the team in tackles today. I feel like a lot of Bears fans, we spend a lot of time going after Eddie Jackson, but not enough time respecting and applauding DHC for what he does off the bench. Very underrated guy on this team, so I'm so glad that he's here. But however, my game ball recipient is going to be Hakeem Hicks. So... Hakeem Hicks, we know that this guy's injured. He's been battling that groin injury for a couple weeks here. Now, he may not have had a dominant performance in this game, but I thought he was gutsy, bro. I thought that he put it all out there on the line. He only had four tackles, but I'm going to say his effort was one of the things that stood out to me, and I can't wait to watch the tape on it to just see if what I saw watching the game was the same thing as what I'm going to see when I watched the film on it. But I'm going to say this is probably going to be the last games that Hakeem Hicks is going to be in the Bears uniform here. We got to fucking enjoy this. One of my all-time favorite Bears here. The guy leaves it all out on the field, and you saw that in this game today. I mean, you saw he made that tackle for loss in the backfield late in the he game, did. and he was still fired up. He was. And I just wish there's more defenders on that defense would have played with that type of tenacity, like Eddie Goldman, like Bilal Nichols. Like, I just wish that we see some of these guys playing with a little of that tenacity. That fire. to what a, Yeah,
0: that fire, yeah, because that shit matters. Like, this game means something to him, and it should mean something exactly. to everybody. I thought that Hicks would have inspired these guys to play better today, friends. Didn't work out quite that way, but you're right. I like what Hicks brought together brought today. And like you said, he gutted it out, man. He played every possession that he played out there. He, brought it, he tried to bring it, man. He tried to do what he had to do. But you're right, man. You you can't say anything bad about Hicks. This is a guy that, you know what, I will miss if he's no longer with this team. So I'm going to enjoy while he's with us right now.
1: Shout out to you, 9-6. All right, A-Dub, who's your bear down,
0: your underperformer for week eight? My underperformer for week eight, I had to go with Cody White here. I thought Cody would have done better in this game here. I saw him out there on the offensive line, man. Just getting beat at times, making some mistakes that he normally don't quite make often. But in this game, he didn't look as sharp. And I thought for that part, of it, we talk about the pressure getting on on the fields, I thought he played a part of that. So for me, I thought Cody Whitehair should have stepped this game a lot, a lot better today.
1: Hey, look, Cody's supposed to be a leader on that offensive line. And uh, as a leader of the line, you got to be better. And I thought that he was bullied a lot in this game today. He's got to step up. Yes. So the interior offensive line was an area last season that I said was a strength of this offensive line. However, this season, it's been a problem. Whether it's been white hair, as you pointed out, whether it's been Sam Mustafa, someone that I've pointed out, somebody I've seen on film that hasn't gotten it done, but then also James Daniels. There's been some times there where he's getting blown off the ball as well. That interior line, they got to step it up, but that's a good call out there as far as the underperforming. Mine is, this is a tough one. There's a couple guys that I was kind of looking at. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm save. I'm gonna save one of them for 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 the preview pod. So, I'm going after uh, Kendall Vildor. Yep. Now, I didn't think that the Bears' corners were particularly good in this game today, but I thought the Vildor had the worst game out of all these fucking guys that were out there. You talked nice. about earlier the big plays and uh, and when I looked at it, every time I saw a big play being given up, I saw that Vildor was the guy that was in coverage. When Samuel had that catch that he made fifty in yards. The first half, yep. Now, Mm -hmm. that set up that field goal on that play for them. And that was just a situation where Samuel just basically outmatched him, and he got physical with him, got open, made the plays, And I just thought in this matchup, I thought the 49ers, they saw a mismatch with Vildor. They picked on him, and they they took him to the shed. So in (laughs) in this situation here, Vildor, I think the kids got some potential. But in this matchup, man, they went after him, and I'm telling you, He is my underperformer for week eight.
0: They cooked my man. They did. I was going to call it what it is, man. They took him to the bakery. They cooked him. So it was tough watching, you know, because you're right. The does have some skill set that you can say, you know what? This kid's going to be pretty decent down the road. I want to see him continue to make, you know, some progress. But, yeah, in this game here, man, he took some punishment, you know, on slants and also on big plates.
1: Yeah, he, he really did. But like I said, man, this is the season that we need to see what we got in some of these younger guys. We got an aging defense. We're going to have some big-name guys that are not going to be here next season. When I look at the offense, you probably got a guy like A-Rob that's not going to return. And when I look at his performance, his numbers, everything's down for A-Rob right now. I've talked about it many times before. I'm going to say it again. They should have gave Justin Field times with the ones. If you would have gotten playing time with the ones, then maybe him and A-Rob will have better chemistry. Because these guys right here, they're not in sync with each other. They don't have the timing down. It's a mess. And A-Rob does not look like the, the receiver that he's looked like in his first three years here in Chicago. He just does not. And he's in a free agency contract season here. And this is the worst time for him to be putting up these type of numbers. His numbers are pedestrian. Like, A-Rob's out here getting eight-yard catches, and we're celebrating it because he's just not making anything happen.
0: Yeah, and I hate to even go this route, though, but I don't see that separation that he got last year and this season here. It's like man, you see a little bit of a difference. And I'm not so sure if him not getting the ball or the targets, if that making you know, that also added to it. So it's just unfortunate to see A-Rob, you know, in this kind of situation get pressed
1: Well, I would say last year his separation wasn't uh, a strip of his game either. The thing with A-Rob is right. he's always been the type of guy that makes the contested tough catch. So that part of the his hands. game, I'm yeah. not really I'm not really focused on the c- contested, is the fact that he's not getting targeted they're not basically getting plays to him. And also, when he does get targeted, it's almost like him and Justin are on the same page. So something there I think is a huge opportunity because if A-Rob is trying to get his paper, he's going to to get the ball. And if this offense needs to go where I hope it goes to, they need to start getting A-Rob the ball in situations where it makes sense. I saw them trying to take a couple shots to Darnell Mooney today. Darnell Mooney had the one when they took that deep throw there in the fourth quarter It bounced off his hand. It was a pick on Justin. Yeah. They have to start to tighten up those opportunities because while I was happy they took some shots, and on one of the plays, Mooney was open, but it's just the timing is just not there. The timing, yeah. And I think that that's an area of opportunity for improvement, going into this week nine matchup against the Steelers because now you got a Monday night game that you have against the Steelers on the road, and we have to tighten this shit up. We can't keep talking about, oh, man, he almost hit Mooney on the deep throw there. Or the receivers aren't getting open, they're not getting separation, or they're right. not targeting the tight ends, or we're only running the ball, but we're not getting it done here. No, we got to tighten this shit up. And when we got Big Ben coming, we got to put some pressure on Big Ben, because this Pittsburgh offense has not been good. Now, the 49ers offense shouldn't have did what it did to us today. Now, if we allow Pittsburgh <laughs> to do anything like what the North Niners did, oh, it's going to be hell to pay for. In this sound. people are going to be lighting up the defensive coordinator. So I'm hoping that Sean Desai makes some of those adjustments. Like I said, with the pass rush, blitzes, getting those line stunts, getting Big Ben uncomfortable. Big Ben's not a mobile passer. He's not a mobile quarterback. Get him uncomfortable. Get that ball out of his head quickly. On offense, A-Dub, I want to see better red zone efficiency. We got to get that shit. We can't be settling for field goals. Now, while I love Santos. He's Mr. Automatic. But you're not going to beat these superior teams in the NFL by kicking field goals. You got to punch that shit in the end zone. You got to punch that shit in the end zone. And then pass pro, you got T.J. Watt that we're getting ready to go matched up with. We got to figure out everything in our toolbox to make sure that we're keeping Justin Fields protected. Justin Fields cannot continue to be getting hit and running for his life. That's not a recipe for success.
0: You said a lot of great things right there, man, from the offense to the defense, man. And I totally agree with you on that, man. When you talk about, you know, keeping Justin Fields, you know, from taking sacks, we got to do that. We got to keep this kid in rhythm. We got to. We can't let Big Ben, you know, who's aged and not quite the Big Ben he once was, kill us. We can't allow that to happen, man. We really got to put some pressure out there and get home, you know, um, and then he also got to think about the fact that we're starting to get the tight ends involved. I want to see us continue to, you know, get them more involved in the game, right? Take that next step. Now it's good to see Justin Fields targeting him. It's good to see Cole commit getting catches. That's good to see. But like you hit one thing on the head, man, we got to find a way for A-Rob, Mooney, and Justin Fields to get to that next level because they haven't got there yet.
1: No, it's not there yet. You could just tell it's just not there. Justin has more of a chemistry with those tight ends than he has with any of those weapons there on offense. So, they definitely got to tighten that shit up. Tighten. And I think Justin even said, too, from when I overheard, I was when I was driving back from Champaign, I heard something where he said that he was going to get those guys together this week. And so that's him showing some leadership. So hopefully we see some fruits of him, you know, working and trying to get some extra work in with those guys, because they definitely need to get that chemistry on point.
0: Absolutely. Because you know what? You said on the head, you hit on the coffin there, Perez. You mentioned that, hey, we kind of dropped the ball, but not the fields, you know, play with the ones. And, this is kind of like you've seen what happened now, right? What could possibly happen? These guys are not on the same page like we want to be. So hopefully making some strides, We can get in the right direction. Um, as Justin Fields get with these guys and starting to work a little bit harder, a little bit more. Hopefully that helps going forward. Yeah. And then also, too,
1: just giving this kid the keys, letting him do what he does, what he does best, you know. And I think Justin Fields, they should give him a little bit more, and I hope he's getting this. I don't I don't know this to be to be true or not true, but I'm hoping that this kid has some input into the game plan of being able to say, "Hey, this is something that I did well here in college. This is something I'm comfortable with running. Right. I would like to do that." I'm hoping that he has some input because we need to be putting him in the best position to
0: succeed. Oh, well, absolutely. You know what, praise—that's a good part, man. Making them part of the process, hey, part of what you do well, part of the game plan. I think that's helped. You know, with your coaching and the quarterback on the same page, you know what they like to do well. So you're right. If we can get Justin Fields involved in that, not saying they weren't doing it at first, but. Definitely, we can see more of that, that would be great. Well, look, a Doug, as I
1: mentioned, got Pittsburgh coming up here on the calendar. We got to get another W, man, back in the wins section, man. Before the bye week, we got to get this W. And I think this is another vulnerable game. And we're going to get into that in our preview part this week. But, audience, before we get out of here today, and a lot of you guys have been asking for this, we are bringing back Bears trivia for the month of November. So you asked for yeah. it. Yeah. Here it is. However. We're gonna do it a little bit different than we did it the last time. So last time you guys know we did everything via Twitter. This time we're doing everything via the podcast. So every question for the trivia contest is gonna be asked on the podcast. Then you need to DM us with your answer. Our Twitter handle is the Bears Now, the prize for this contest is an autograph, Lance Briggs football. Legend of the game. Love Lance, that's going to be the prize for the contest. Now, this contest is going to run for the entire month of November. We're going to ask questions on the recap episodes and also on the preview podcast. The top two participants or the top two placeholders for the contest, are they going to go head up in the contest over Zoom for that prize football? A-Dub, so I know we're doing a little bit different than we did the last time, but we want to make sure for this contest – That people that are rocking with the show, that are listening to the show, are the people that are going to be rewarded for that. But also, they can take advantage of some of these cool prizes and things that we offer every once in a while.
0: Good luck to the contestants, man, going forward. We definitely applaud everyone who rocked with us. We really appreciate you. So, this is for you guys.
1: Without further ado, here's your question. So, earlier in the show, I mentioned that Justin Fields became the first Bears quarterback to rush for 100 yards since 1973. Your question... Who was the last Bears quarterback to rush for 100 yards in the game? Remember, DM your answer to at the Bears pod. That's at Bears pod. Good luck. And we're going to
0: talk to y'all on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sinches podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.